0: Damn near killed
1: him! Damn near killed him! him. This is. Damn near killed him! Oh my god! The recent stories about Harvey Weinstein and the online movement of hashtag MeToo have brought to light uh, not only the just staggering number of people out there who have been abused but how many of them are in entertainment and ever since I was a kid that that is what I've wanted to get into when I was a kid I would listen to comedy records and just loved show business that was the only reason I had heard the name Harvey Weinstein before i I knew he was a movie producer. that's it. I, I didn't really care. And then the next thing I knew, he was begging on an audio clip that was embarrassing on so many levels, six. But like I said, I grew up with comedy, loving comedy, and one of the artists that I loved the most was as soon as my friend Sam showed me Bill Cosby's himself.
0: You know, the drugs, the drugs, I, I really think, I think drugs make people, throw, you know, they get like...
1: <laughs>
0: I've seen them, you know, they take a, a, You know, and, and they... they are...
1: We would watch it constantly. I knew every line of, of, of what, to, what to say with it. What do you want? For breakfast. And the child saw through my body what was behind me.
0: She saw the chocolate cake. And she said, Can I have the chocolate cake?
1: And I said, Chocolate "Chocolate cake? Where? She said,
0: Chocolate cake behind you. And I looked.
1: And And there was chocolate cake.
0: The child wanted chocolate cake for breakfast. How ridiculous. And someone in my brain looked under chocolate cake and saw the ingredients. Eggs. Eggs, Eggs, Eggs are, in, are chocolate in chocolate cake. cake. And milk. milk. Oh, goody. And wheat. That's nutrition. What do you want? chocolate cake. And their father said, Chocolate cake, coming up. Horse light is short. Hump, 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 hump. and five children sat at breakfast and singing songs to me. Daddy's
1: Daddy's is great. great. Give us a chocolate beer. cake. <laughs> this stuff is hardwired into me. This person, I know his words. What else did I pick up? I feel like is the question every time i hear about another hero accused of misconduct and it's easy to brush off cosby as like all right well you know woody allen that was way back when roman polanski bill cosby and so i moved on to more modern comedians that that uh, i grew to idolize i really loved comedians that were honest about who they were sometimes even honest about their flaws. This drew me to a comedian named Louis C.K. Yeah, I'm not a good guy.
0: I am not. I I wish I was a good guy. I was on a plane once, and I was flying first class, because I had a thing. I, I fly first class. Who cares? Just, that's the way it is. I don't, I'm not like you. I'm not, I'm not. All the things you do, I do a better version of all those things. And... It's only for another year at the most, believe me. It's not going to last. It's been about eight months. I got a year left, and then I'm back to being just like you. But for now, I, yeah, it's pretty good. So...
1: Now, this is different. Cosby, I'd grown up with. Cosby was on the Mount Rushmore of comedy before I was interested. But Louie was our generation's guy. You know, if you needed an opinion on something, listen to a Louis album. And you knew his. And you laughed. Let's bring in our next guest, comedian Louis C.K., whom some might describe as an aficionado of masturbation, a man who is well-known for being a prolific masturbator, who even brags about it. Is that fair to say, Louis? Yeah, that's fair. In fact, you're the only person we could find who would come here to defend masturbation. Well, I like it. It's... uh... It's easy and it's fun and nobody gets hurt. I had to own this one. I've listened to Louis's whole catalog and I could recite it as easily as I could recite that Bill Cosby stuff from earlier. How can you tell people not to masturbate? And the four-year-old looked behind me. I mean, nobody cannot do it. And said, I want chocolate cake. Since there's been people, all of them, every
0: single person ever has masturbated. And I said, chocolate
1: cake! Where?
0: Napoleon masturbated. Gandhi, Joan Jett, uh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare, definitely.
1: Chocolate cake it is! Slice off a- Alright, obviously, this is not a, a Louis C.K. bit, but this took way too much time, so I'm playing it. I felt like I learned from Louis C.K. And now, I f- realize Louis C.K is a fat guy with two kids who's divorced, who makes a whole lot of money and a lot of successful projects, many of which I've enjoyed. But I don't know him. And I think that's part of the problem in art is we feel like we know and are invested in these people. So as these stories come out... um. It's been affecting me, and that's why I wanted to bring up this week's interview. Uh, I am actually speaking with someone about how this goes on locally, uh, both with someone in the Pittsburgh music scene as well as someone back in the Chicago comedy scene who is currently working on a campaign to get a boycott going of a uh, Chicago or a sketch comedy festival out there. So without further ado, uh, this is this week's Damn Near Him." Uh you could tilt the mic cardioid pattern and make sure that we very tiff it that you
2: (coughs) Oh your headphones aren't damn it. I should have helped it. I don't have anything else.
1: I wish I could say that this was because I recorded that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> doesn't anything funny? I have weird laughs.
1: Well, I'm not funny. Uh,
2: that doesn't work out well. All
1: right. So, part of the audio intro to this was talking about uh, the same headlines that we're hearing about everywhere with Harvey Weinstein uh Louis CK and a little bit of the difference for me personally like I I had heard of Harvey Weinstein he's a movie producer I knew he's a powerful guy I know he's someone I'll never meet Louis CK was a guy whose words I listened to and like memorized I could I
2: Wait, real but, quick, what's the guy's name? That has like the the gay guy with a really unique voice, Harvey.
1: Harvey Firestein. Firestein. Yeah.
2: At first, I thought they were about him.
1: Oh, you thought the Harvey Weinstein stories were about Har- Harvey Firestein? Yeah.
2: Which is a lot.
1: You are so hot. I want you to take that shirt off for me, please, please. I wanted
2: to know why. This is not a
1: good impression.
2: <laughs> I want to know why he was harassing women.
1: I guarantee you. Harvey Fierstein, uh has an unblemished track record, probably some might say gold star when it comes to women, yeah. I would imagine. But the Louis C.K. story and it being a comedian that I had respected hit me personally. And then I started hearing stories about people I'd actually worked with and being in uh, a comedy scene with who were ha- displaying predatory behavior or really taking advantage of the power that they had over others uh, we're going to be speaking with uh katie later on to discuss her situation working with chicago sketch fest uh, so i wanted to speak with someone here in pittsburgh's art scene the problem in comedy has unfortunately been discussed all over uh, with Louis C.K. Woody Allen is is just the gold standard of it. But in other scenes, this is still going on. This is a problem in in music, in theater. Um, So I had wanted to talk with a local uh, artist from our music scene in Pittsburgh about the experiences that she has had uh, personally you know that gross feeling that you get listening to the Harvey Weinstein tape. I wanted to say a Firestein this time. Damn it. You know the gross feeling that you get say, listening to the Harvey Weinstein tapes? Uh, I have a feeling that's going to come up a lot. There's no way around that when you're talking about this sort of stuff. So I appreciate uh, my guest coming in. She is speaking under the condition of anonymity, uh, so I've changed her voice, as I did with uh, someone in an earlier episode, but still uh, welcome her into this week's episode of Damn Near Killed Him.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, so, man, when it's an anonymous interview, the guest intro portion, really short. <laughs> I'll say that. Um so, you grew up somewhere, and uh, then it was a place, and then you started doing things which led you to music. Yes, that's um, exactly what happened. So, Lucky now more. that we've covered all of that in extreme anonymous detail, why you've been willing to come in today was to talk about your experiences working in a scene, I, I guess, getting abused. But then working in a scene with people who you have to see and work with on a regular business basis, who did it or who were aware of it. Um, So honestly, I I would prefer you take the lead on telling this story. I'm going to ask questions where appropriate, but if I think that something needs maybe clarified for the audience i just like to hear your story.
2: Uh, well, um, a lot of my story is more about domestic violence than sexual abuse. Although there is that element, of course, as well. Um, I did have... I had somebody who I knew who would, would show up, would dabble, would come around. Um, To certain events and things, but not from the city. I wasn't here that much. And and we'd been friends for a long time. And uh, one night we had some drinks and we were hanging out. And I was very, very drunk. Um, Almost blackout. And he started hitting on me. I really wouldn't take no for an answer to the point where he's literally taking my clothes off of me. And I had to force him off me, and out of my house. And then, now he is around in the scene, all the time. All of a sudden, he's like, everywhere I go, I see him, and he's getting shows around the city, and,
1: uh... The fact that he is getting shows, and... It's weird. I, there is a sense of closure, I would imagine, in for most people, in knowing this is the person that did this. To have that reversed on a daily basis, just looking at a poster for a show that's upcoming and realizing, oh, hey, there's four acts on here. You know, oh, I love that band. Oh, I know that band. Oh. Yeah. And it... How much has that changed your experience... And, and your confidence level to be able to go out and perform on your on your own
2: there have been a lot of times that I have skipped events um I've checked in with people like hey is so and so there and not explain why but and then just not gone I had a while of I almost have like a phobia buildup up about it that I don't want to be in the same room as him, because when I am, he's like, hey, how are you doing, blah, 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 and has no, I don't even think he, this is the thing that really kills me, this is the main thing that drives me nuts, is that so often, these people who are doing things that just, it's like they stray off from being almost normal, like, Like, you spend a lifetime of, you know, wherever people work, there's mild, everyday sexual harassment. And you spend so long being like, oh, it's just a joke, it's fine. Yes, it made me super uncomfortable, and I don't want to be here right now, and I want that guy to stop saying this to me, but it's work, it's fine, it's normal. And then, you know, things get further and further, and I know he has no clue. He has no clue. How much I was hurt by that. How much it screwed with me. The first time I walked into a room and saw him there, I had a panic attack. And I thought I was okay with it until I saw him and realized, I am not okay with this. This has caused me to not be myself. And it's like a one-minute action that he has no clue he even
1: really did. It feel like that happens a lot. But, well, it does sound... That is something that happens a lot. But, I would hope, in the way of, like... Whenever I started hearing about the Cosby accusations, and it was, like, one woman saying, Oh, drug in the drink, and then he came out in a robe. And then another woman saying, Drug in the drink, he came out in a robe then he came out in a robe, and he came out in a robe, and it was just like, oh, that's your thing. Yeah. There's a thing. If you were blacked out pulling your clothes off, I would hope that's not a common enough memory for him that he's forgotten about it. I mean, it's, it? it's never been discussed by you two again.
2: No. Um, I ignored messages from him, and... Calls from him.
1: Uh, no, did the messages contain any self-awareness of like, hey, things changed on that night? No. What happened?
2: Just, what's up? How you doing? You gonna be out tonight? And it's not even the first time. There's more minor versions where people... You can do a situation with somebody. You've had a couple drinks or whatever, you know, and... Okay, you're kissing, whatever, and then it's, it's it, you no, know, I don't want to go any further, oh, come on. Like, it sounds like such an after-school special, but it happens. And it took that event for me to look back at my life and realize that's happened a lot. I have been persuaded into sex before. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, the, you know, I had no interest in it all, no, but it's one of those things where you're like, this is a bad idea, I shouldn't do that, I'd like to, maybe some other day, but today's not the day for that. I don't want to do this. And I've had times where I've just, I've just done it.
1: We'll be right back.
2: I missed whatever that was.
1: Now, you were saying uh, sometimes I would just do it. I wouldn't oh. want to. I would ha, do ha. it. Ha, 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 ha. We'll be right back.
2: Yeah,
1: hilarious. I interrupted for a joke because I'm a dick. I apologize for displaying the type of characteristic male behavior that we're discussing on the mm-hmm. show. Um, That's
2: a great. That was a great example. Thank yeah. you,
1: God loves irony. Yes, and dick jokes. <laughs> so you mentioned before just the way that that impacted you as an artist and your ability to go out um but that a lot of your problem also str- sprang from domestic abuse being encountered at the same time and so you kind of weren't safe out and weren't safe in
2: uh, a couple years back um i was dating a different musician in the scene and We had a lot of, we fought a lot. I think it was our thing, but, um, things after a while would escalate. And, you know, it goes from being grabbed hard to being grabbed hard and leaving bruises to being grabbed hard and thrown down, things breaking, objects in the house. Bones. And it gets to a point where it's almost commonplace. Get up in the morning. Message him. He apologizes. Sort of. I forgive him. This can't happen again. From him. This can't happen again. This isn't gonna happen again. He admitted that he was abusive, physically and verbally. Um, He knew that he was at the time. But when we talked to each other, after things ended, all of a sudden stories were changing, and it was like he had brainwashed himself into believing things weren't as bad as they were, and that he wasn't as guilty as he was and would say things like, well, I apologized. I apologized for all the things I did. So, I mean, what more do you want?
1: I mean... And do you think that's the same... Not to put it as binary as gender, but do you think that's the same male thinking as, like, oh, yeah, she was blacked out and I started taking her clothes off you know, <laughs> we're cool, right? That thought process that says somehow, oh, this is okay because you know that whatever that justification is, does it feel like it comes from the same, like it comes from the same place?
2: There is always a way for you to justify things to yourself. We were kissing, so. Of course she wanted to fuck too. Or, you know, I hit her but she accepted my apology, so it wasn't that bad. I will say, I think a lot of times one of the worst people to cause sexual and, and, you know, physical abuse, to let it go on, And I am actually glad that you are changing my voice for this, because what I'm about to say is messed up. But I think a lot of the fault falls on women. Because in my example, I let it continue without taking a firm stance. With my ex-boyfriend, with people I've worked with, that I know that they've said things that made all the hairs in the back of my neck stand up, but I didn't say to them, you know, that's really inappropriate. Like, you don't... I feel there are a lot of people who are unaware of what they are doing, but by not telling people, you are letting them remain ignorant. And I'm not saying if someone said, you know, hey, you look good today, you should be like, you're scum, blah, 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 and scream at them, but hey, you know what? That doesn't make me comfortable. Like, I know it's cheesy, but... I don't feel the need to, I don't feel the need to go, you know, verbally abusive to people, but take a stand, whatever that stand needs to be, whatever amount of action needs to be
1: there. and it's. But how much of your stand is measured against this is what I want to say versus this is what I feel like I can safely say as a woman in this situation? I'm alone in a room with this guy, or, you know, this is a person who holds sway is a really, you know, we're in a relationship, or they're in a scene with me. How much of what you actually want to say, are you able to access in that moment? Um... Well, I mean... I, I'm I'm, saying this because I was hearing a friend of mine describe her experience working with a producer who, like, got her into a room and pulled his dick out, and she was just like, oh, well, you know, there you go. Uh, you know what? That is hot. Let me... I gotta go, like, Find something to do that's that hot. I gotta just get out of here. And just said whatever she had to say to get out of the situation because she felt like she would have been in danger to assert herself. Yeah. Do you feel like as these things are becoming more prevalent in headlines, becoming more discussed... Do you feel like there is any more safety, as a woman, or particularly as a woman in arts, to say, "Hey, now that wasn't okay," than no. there was when you started?
2: No, I don't think it. Um, I don't think it has changed the climate, if that's what you mean. I wouldn't say that I feel that because people are more aware of it, I think there's a lot of people who are going to have the mindset of, well, there is another person who's a celebrity and people are just trying to take him down. I guarantee you that there is a large portion of the population who, if not openly, pri- like privately thinks that, that. I mean, I even had that you know, there's things out about um, George
1: Decay, and I'm like, come on! It's George! Well, no, but there's, like- there's the natural inclination of that's on my team. Like, you know, I can hear about Roman Polanski and Woody Allen because my whole life I've heard oh, you know, the late night talk show jokes about You know, what, who, it's George, you know, it's it's not George DuKate. Like, the late night jokes are Roman Polanski and Woody Allen, you know, those crazy bastards with underage whatever.
2: Yeah, yucka
1: yucka. Uh, Yeah, that was sort of the thing. And so whenever it started to be, hey, for me, Louis C.K. or Bill Cosby these people that you know their words by heart, and you think you learned something from them. You think you learned an insight from their comedy. Wh- what actually got inside you?
2: I think Bill Cosby is an amazing example of that, and for a comedian, for you, that has its own take. But
1: you but bring it to music, uh, John Lennon. Uh, When I was growing up, I went through a huge Beatles phase, and I loved John Lennon, and he wrote these great songs. And then I read these books where you could learn all about John Lennon, the person.
0: And uh,
1: that didn't turn out to be so great. Um, Yeah, sometimes it's not great to learn everything about
2: your heroes.
1: Not about your heroes, but what is it about art? We are supposed to be the people who are introspective and in saying, you know, we're up here because we're taking a look at our lives or we're expressing something. It's so it shows how naive I am where I thought like, Okay, well yeah, this is just the happy hippie place. We all do our creative thing and all the bad stuff happens over with the business people. Well,
2: Rob, are you a very happy hippie person?
1: I'm not happy.
2: Um, I have not
1: showered in a while. So, hippie ish, ish.
2: Um,
1: Yeah, that's why I'm on this side. Ish. Yeah, ish. Uh, (laughs) I would say. But no... uh, I know that the artist's soul, quote-unquote, like, there's always that tortured artist mentality. But at what point, you know, I've watched the Leif Garrett behind the music enough to know not to be doing 120 miles an hour and cocaine with my buddy because it's not going to end well if I'm a famous rock star. (laughs) at no point why can people not learn any sort of self-control if not self-decency of hey people are you know this is being discussed in the news more often this might apply to me and my creepy ass statements I guarantee you if depending on the listenership of this show so probably not but out there There are women who have have discussed conversations they've had with me and been like, that was creepy as hell. Really? I took a girl on a first date to see Boondock Saints 2. Oh
2: my god, that's so mean. And then
1: I told her that if she were a Facebook status, I would click like. It's not abusive, but it's just a, like, yeah, no, somewhere... A woman is saying, "Yeah, absolutely not that guy." Um, there, there has, there are better examples. I probably just don't want to be self-incriminating, and I don't want to be honest. But I know I've said inappropriate things because I have a way of saying inappropriate things where people realize I'm kidding most of the time. Mm. But there are people that have not realized that. And there are people that I guarantee you have stayed silent about it, but been like, wow, that made me really uncomfortable. I wonder who they're talking to right now, having this same conversation. Um, Which may sound like this weird Mobius strip of, of sexual misconduct, but what makes it better? from here? Like, how how do you say to a scene that you're in, hey, you know, here's how we self-police a little bit better. Here's a way that if somebody has a problem, we they come forward and are believed and are supported. What do you believe can be done? Uh, and if you say nothing, I'm hanging myself with a microphone cord. Okay. So I need I need something positive at at the end of this. I will say.
2: Um. With, I think with anything that comes out large scale like this, where, you know, now it's like the Me Too movement. Um. I think it gives perspective. To those who are open to it. Which means, if you know some half decent guy, maybe they will go fully decent. Um, I don't think people who are, you know, guilty of these crimes are gonna go, well, gee, that sounds like me. I should change my ways. They might be more careful, which is a step in the right direction.
1: No, no. No. It's,
2: it is a step in the right, right is direction. It, I'll is tell it, you why. Let me speak. Oh, I... Uh, I have things to say. So here's why it's a step in the right direction.
1: It's weird. It's Anytime not, I interrupt oh another guest, God. I don't feel like a dick. Interrupting a woman about uh, in a podcast about women's issues, never feel worse about myself.
2: That was the only reason I'm on the show. The reason it's a step in the right direction is because... Not because that person is improving. They're not. But it's like an evolution. If you see people be less abusive, then that is going to have you moderate your own behavior. If you're in an environment where people are openly just abusive, then it's okay to do that. So if people feel to be more careful and to not say the things that they want to say, they're still an awful human but they're going to impact the people around them and make a change for the environment overall. So while it's not improving that person, who is only making sure they don't get in trouble, it is creating a different atmosphere, which can be healthy.
1: It does have a step towards the light. No, music It doesn't seem to be as much of a boys' club as comedy. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Wrong. wrong. wrong also as much i would i would imagine it like being pretty neck and neck but i know comedy better and i know unfortunately it's just it is a boys club and it it continues to be do you feel like as a female musician you are able to start that conversation and be heard amongst your peers or does it feel like you need a couple more and it sounds so it's so stupid to say but there are times when it's like yeah no I just need a couple of guys to also say hey guys listen to the woman who's telling you the truth
2: Oh, it's so awful, but it's not wrong. It's... the thing that I am lucky for is the art scene in Pittsburgh has a lot of really good people. I have a lot of close male musician friends that would never... Oh, I say this. Ugh. I, I would never expect them, I guess, to to act this way, you know? Um, I have a lot of good people on my side, and uh, on everyone's side, I should say. People who are open and, uh, and, and you know, liberal, jeez, <laughs> we're liberal people. But, um, I don't know, I've also had times with people seeing things and not saying anything, which, I know that's silly, but I think a lot of times When you see a couple, and you see one of them be verbally abusive, I mean, you have to think to yourself, behind closed doors, is there more? And I have had people defend me. Um, When we were together, I have had people defend me. And I've had a lot of people not and turn around and just be like, oh, those two... But I mean, there were signs. I had one person once. It was was a musician that I don't even really know. He's not around very often and we're not friends. And he was the only person that took the time and went up to my ex and was like, that's not cool you can't treat somebody like that and it wasn't even her it wasn't that it was just you can't treat another person like that and I haven't seen him in years but honestly it was one of the nicest acts I'd seen in a long time because so many people want to not get involved and I understand (laughs) but I don't know Maybe less things would have happened if people were more involved. Maybe other people wouldn't have such an issue. I hear a lot of stories about a lot of people, and they're all just kind of hushed rumors, and you don't know what's true and what is. But, you know.
1: But we've got to start finding out what is, and also believing people about even just what they say is, until it's... It's not a guilty till proven innocent, but it's just a, we can't keep going around with the attitude of, she said this, but he is a guy, so... A lot
2: of times it's, he is a guy we really like. Yeah. Think about people in your scene that people don't like at all. If you hear a negative rumor about them, you're going to be like, yeah, that definitely happened.
1: Yeah, no, that happens about me a a (laughs) lot.
2: But if it's someone that people like... Well, and remember. that
1: that brings me to... Because this is a really dark topic to tackle. And like you mentioned, it does also get hairy whenever you hear about people that you know. Like celebrities that you're familiar with. Like I said, I have no bond with Harvey Weinstein. So I don't... I'm like, yeah, he's a sleazeball. Whatever happens to him, that sounds good. Um... I'm gonna list some celebrities who have been uh, accused of sexual misconduct, and I'd like you to give me your feelings on them based on just the celebrity and your relationship with them. Oh, me? Yeah. I don't know
2: why I thought somebody
1: else was. No, this. Well, and this is good because this is you're like Mr. Blackwell. You, you nobody knows who you are, so you just get to offer your opinion. Okay. Uh, and later, I'll explain who Mr. Blackwell is. Thank you. So, of course, Harvey Weinstein. Um,
2: seems scuzzy.
1: Uh, once again, another accusation against R. Kelly.
2: <laughs> I, I, at this point, yes.
1: Of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's,
2: been it's
1: been like eight months. Yeah, okay. That's fine. It's about time. Uh, well, the other two also, uh, I feel like, are just really obvious. Uh, who's more obvious to be on this list, Andy Dick or Charlie Sheen?
2: Oh, that's a hard one.
1: Because got, I got this off of CNN, and so it was just like, yeah, of course they're both on there, but who's more obvious?
2: Oh, uh, I feel like Andy Dick is more obvious in the way that he would just do it 12 cameras rolling, his parents in the front row. Like, that's just Andy Dick. Charlie Sheen, if I turned around and we were the only people in the room, I would create a rape whistle out of anything that I could find.
1: So, I mean. That is really close. Uh, The surprise answered Jeremy Piven. (laughs) Also accused. Uh, Kevin Spacey.
2: Now, I read what he said about that, and it was one of those things where I wanted him to say something that would make me, you know, be able to side with him, and it's messed up, even but as a woman what he it.
1: said is exactly what you talked about, of I didn't realize I was doing something that was making someone feel inappropriate. And the Louis thing was a little bit like that, too. It was like, I realize it now, but, it, you know, I don't know if you've read his apology, but it's...
2: He Excellent. doesn't, technically he doesn't apologize.
1: Uh, no, no, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I did that. That was weird. So i got to be honest, right.
2: that, on his, what I read um, about what he said was amazing. I was like, I,
1: there's a part of me that wants
2: to like clap for it. I know that sounds so messed up, but just hearing someone be like, yes, true, not rumors. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to be like those women are lo- like it was I'm
1: going into sex rehab
2: yeah you know. it was just like I well damn you know I'm gonna own up there's some sort of beauty in that and I don't it's very confusing as a woman I, I hate to say that but it is cause I'm like yeah thank you
1: well someone was finally honest yeah um alright so a few more here Three names that you never would think of to be together. Uh, Richard Dreyfus.
2: Oh, yeah, I saw that.
1: George Takei. Yeah. I want to
2: hear all three.
1: David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> it took sexual assault to bring those three together.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, Quite the magic trick. Um. Richard Dreyfus. I mean, ugh, that, that, that icks me, but I want to not think, and of course I said George, yeah, George. I mean, come on.
1: And David Blaine also belongs it's, up there with Piven. Um, the other two that I've heard about, uh, Johnny Versace, apparently, uh, Coming on to strongly Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, I read really And a producer inappropriately touching uh, the penis of Terry Crews.
2: What? What
1: makes him? The name escapes me. And frankly, he doesn't deserve naming. It's it, He has been shamed out of the industry already. And certainly this podcast is not going to be what makes or breaks it. But it would be. Who is I mean, like, you know who I'm going to mess with? Terry Crews. Is he just dead, the producer, I'm assuming? No, uh, no. Terry Crews was just like, I didn't know what to do because who, who, nobody's ever done that because I'm Terry Crews and because they have decency. Um, it's uh, The more you read about this problem, the weirder it gets the worse it gets and the more it makes me kind of wonder about what i want whether or not i really want to pursue a career in entertainment because it's not like i'm gonna be the guy that goes and cleans it up and is like oh i made a fairly smart you know edgar Allan poe reference everything's fine now comedy's fixed Do you ever feel like, why keep writing another song, why keep doing another show in an area that is so filthy sometimes?
2: Well, every business, every, if you want to be, you know, um, suddenly I couldn't think of any careers. I don't know, you want to work on Wall Street, you want to be a, uh, a DJ. You want to.
1: Yeah, there are a lot a of DJs on Wall Street.
2: <laughs> there probably are. Um, I heard that's where. No, I don't know DJ names there, but that, that's not going to work. Um, but I mean, no matter what business you're in, there is a filthiness to it. There's something. So why not do something that you love? Oh, that's the cheesy answer.
1: Whether you are a comedian a musician, a Wall Street DJ dropping (laughs) them 10-year CDs, um, no CD. all right, all right. I get it, a CD joke, yeah, Yeah. it's
2: it's funny, because Wall Street.
1: And it's a compact disc, I don't know if you're familiar with that technology.
2: You said you're a comedian?
1: No. Oh, okay. Um... My bio still technically does, but I'm leaning more towards mistake enthusiast. Mm. Um, speaking of mistakes, thank you for coming and talking to me. Uh, i prefer if you change
2: the language on that.
1: I will. <laughs> I actually just <laughs> will cut that entirely. I just want <laughs> to make a joke for you. Um,
2: no, thank you very much, and um, I appreciate the effort you are going through with it, but it's actually, it would be very hard for me to book shows and and work with people, and I would not appreciate, you know, um, people having rumors or speculation of who I could be talking about, so.
1: There are a lot of stories of my life that I should tell anonymously, but the only reason I don't is just because... Anyone who's left in my life is like, yeah, did he live through it? That's fine. I understand. They've lost hope. To come forward with a story where you've got something to lose is harder. So thank you. And uh, even doing it with voice modification... uh,
2: is it
1: voice modification? Voice
2: modification.
1: Oh. Uh, but I will make sure to. I'll. I'll go back and edit that. Take two. Um, but even with moist Hang on. <laughs> take three. Even with moist habilitation. <laughs> there is. A, what am I talking about? I forgot. Um. Still. Thank you. Like I kind of said in my text Thank message you, I had wanted to reach out to you I'm talking to a local musician Who is speaking out about uh, What she's experienced In this scene And The effects of like Oh hey yeah I said something About that guy and now suddenly My band isn't being booked over here Anymore or Kind of the subtle little things that go Along with the extra salt in the wound uh, that goes with sexual harassment when it's in a workplace or when it's in uh, a scene. Yeah. So had wanted to speak to you uh, to give listeners a little intro to Katie. I had gotten to work with her on a production, a musical version of Full House, Uh, About a murderous Danny Tanner That still to this day Delights anybody that I mention it to (laughs) But uh, So glad uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself You've been working in theater uh, Musical comedy Sketch comedy uh, For probably Eight years, nine years now Um,
0: Yeah Something like that it's, it's, It's insane
1: when you realize that part But uh, tell me a little about your background.
0: Yeah, so I um, ha- I studied musical theater at school, at college. Moved to Chicago pretty much right after college um, and studied, you know, the, the the usual Chicago things. Went through the Second City Conservatory, completed most of IO before I was like, I don't care if I'm ever on a Herald team. So I quit the five bs when everybody was trying to suck the Herald Commission's dick to get on a Herald team. Which um, is a
1: literal thing we can discuss later.
0: Yeah. You know. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, and also heavily involved in uh, theater production and especially working with uh, an organization, Stage 773, out in Chicago, which is also the home of the Chicago Sketch Comedy Fest, which is uh, part of the. the kind of aim of the campaign that that Katie is getting started in Chicago for the the kind of things that they knew were going on for a really long time and rumors and innuendo that people decided not to look into. Katie's kind of demanding that it be looked into after her experiences working with uh, 773. So, you had been, what, a, produ- a producer there, or what was your official title?
0: Um, My official title was assistant to the artistic director slash creative director, Brian Posen. He um, used to be named the artistic director, and now he's the creative director. Uh, so, I was his assistant.
1: Well, and... Uh, For those who are not from Chicago, I mean, uh, I had grown up. Brian teaches at the Second City Theater. He teaches at Columbia College in a a comedy studies degree. Personally, he had coached my first sketch team. Uh, This was someone who, when I started reading these stories, it's a different thing when it's Harvey Weinstein and I've never met the guy. Or Louis C.K. when I know his work, but I don't know the guy versus that's Brian that I yeah, thought man I, that's Brian that I thought I knew
0: yeah I mean for at, at first glance he looks like a great um, you know educator and champion for young talent um, but when you get to know him as a young talented woman especially um, you get to know a different side of him which is a bit of a predatory
1: side. What were some of the things that you were encountering on a day-to-day basis? I know you have been brave enough to turn some of them into tweets or hashtags. Um, Once having, uh, I guess, forgotten deodorant that day, him insisting on sniffing you really close and commenting how much he liked your natural scent, which I have to say, as a man... Doesn't happen in the workplace for me, really.
0: Yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's I,
1: rarely a worry of mine.
0: Right. I mean, you know, you you know me, Rob. I'm a pretty open person about like what's going on with me. So I like totally, and to I was like, oh, totally. Yes. yes. And I, yeah, I mentioned to him, I was like, oh, damn it, I forgot to put deodorant on today. And then he was like, can I smell your armpit? And he is my boss. And I didn't know what to do, and I said no at first, and he kind of pressured me, and then I let him do it, and he, like, lifted up my arm and sniffed to my armpit, and then was like, mmm, yeah, and then, like, mentioned that he liked that, like, scent on me, and that scent on a woman, and um, it was, it, it did not make me feel comfortable.
1: At the time, did it feel like you had anybody that you could talk to as a recourse for that or the, like, hey, Katie, what's your pubic hair like? Here's what I like kind of conversation. Did it feel like No, you- I did
0: not. There, I mean, I could talk to, like, you know, people I had a personal relationship with about it, but um, some of those people were like, well, that's just the way it is.
1: And so what are you finding now that you're opening up this hashtag now that you are speaking about what's going on? And I mean, there's certainly no shortage of stories in Chicago comedy and beyond, but are you finding that people are getting receptive to, hey... I can't oh, ignore it anymore. I, I Look at it, you coming on it feels like
0: uh, at least like Pittsburgh people and, uh, are interested in hearing my story. Like, like people who are in the scene have seen my Chicago post
1: Chicago has um,
0: kind of helped. Like yes, magnify boycott the Chicago message of my post and, boycott and um, I've also people who have experienced similar Facebook things about with Brian that I was unaware of before have reached out. and said i've experienced similar things to you you i know or they've said i know somebody else who has experienced something similar and they are um, uncomfortable speaking as loudly as you about it can they reach out to you and i always say of course yes and then i say i will be loud for this person because because i mean ultimately i am not Rob I am um, not doing this, this for my own personal and, attention I'm doing this because I don't want this
1: the, the I
0: don't want the experiences I had To happen to another woman Or another so, person
1: I uh, appreciate Katie calling in today And uh, being on this week's Damn Near Killed
0: Hey thanks for having me on And um, giving my story a voice I appreciate it
1: Yeah Ever do a show that you think you're proud of with two stories that just hideously disgust you? I have. It feels dirty. All of these headlines feel dirty. And if you feel that way, you're not alone. The only way this gets better is by talking about it and confronting it and changing the culture in which, uh, This sort of stuff happens. I did want to at least include some action step. So I'm going to promote a local event happening here in Pittsburgh on November 17th. This is going to be down in Hambones in Lawrenceville. uh, And it is an event to spread awareness about kind of the epidemic of domestic violence, uh, specifically through dialogue and entertainment. Uh, There is going to be performers, uh, female performers, Music, comedy, spoken word, uh, music from Carrie Collins, 17, Asha Deep, Sarah Halter, uh, comedy from Stacy Florim and Liz Tripoli, and spoken word from Joanna Lowe, and Miss Macross. So if you want to do something and specifically stand up for those who are being abused or those who have gone through that abuse in the entertainment industry come on out on uh friday november 17th at 6 p.m the stop domestic violence domestic violence awareness event going on at hambones on butler street uh thank you for tuning into the river's edge pgh.com website for this week's damn near killed him or downloading on itunes you technological little bastard you Uh, We will be back next week and look forward to speaking with you. Why did I say that? (laughs) We'll just be back next week. I'll be talking. I don't know. I'm probably, I may talk to you. This is over.